Hey, this is Cal with the Birdies and Bourbon podcast, and you're listening to the Chasing Daylight podcast. Cheers. Yeah, the head bob early. <laughs> good tunes. Uh, what is up, everybody? Got another great episode for you this week, live from the Pacific Northwest. The man, the myth, the legend, Bradley Putters is on the show. This is the Chasing Daylight Podcast. So, so Brad, cheers, cheers to you for uh, coming on the show. Thank you very much. Oh, I got my uh, my Mountain Dew ready to go. So. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, I know. All right, no. left all my good bourbon at home. So this is this is what I'm doing right now. Keep the bourbon out of the shop. That's probably a good thing. Oh, uh, there's a lot of bourbon in the shop. Oh, is it? okay. It's, it's all it's all private. And yeah, I've got a buddy that um, I used to rent this place out, but he like liked it so much. He's like, I just want it for myself. So now it's just his to use every once. And there is enough to uh, drown a sailor in here. So oh, it's, wow. it's good stuff too. Real good stuff. So are you, are you, Joe has caught me kind of hooked on the bourbon of late, or are you a, a connoisseur of the finer, uh, barrel, uh, alcoholic drinks? My wife is more into that than I am. Um, she oh, really? wow. makes all the fancy stuff. Like she does full, full bar. I mean, she's a nurse, but like she'll, you got a bar at home that she'll make some good stuff. Um, no, I've got a weird tongue thing where like, I've got a tongue disease that it tastes way spicier than it actually is just because my tongue is so messed up. So I love uh, great whiskeys and all that, but they just bite a little too hard for me. So, I mean, I, we, um, yeah, it's, it's dumb. Uh, but <laughs> drank a Grand Cru over the weekend. Uh, abandoned last weekend. Um, just got gifted a uh, Blanton's. So I'm going to be enjoying Ooh. some of that uh, shortly. Um, and But yeah, no, honestly, my drink of choice is uh, eggnog and white Christmas. So don't wow. judge me. <laughs> Well, welcome to the season, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you can find eggnog everywhere right now. I know. Yeah, I like yeah, July. I that. I'm like looking for the expiration dates. Like, which one's the latest? <laughs> like, stock up because it it goes dry real quick here. Well, well, Jeremy is a huge purveyor of the hydration drinks, um, okay. so he yeah. never really uh, joins us for the bourbon. But uh, so you're you're in fine company. You're in fine company. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. So, how was Bandon last week? It was awesome. I mean, I'm close enough. Like I'm about two and a half hours away. So I, it's always like I feel like I should be going more than I actually am. But um, no, it's it's awesome. I've got a really good crew that goes over. One of my buddies has a house over there that uh, Ooh, we get nice. to stay at. And um, the, the one kicker is it's a social media dark place. It's really nice. And the family doesn't want, um, you know, people really knowing about it too much, even though I'm kind of talking about it, but I can't yeah. really talk about it. Um, so yeah, we get to stay in this ridiculous place that no one ever gets to see or hear about. And then uh, that's just like 10 minutes from the, the course. And then, yeah, we played, um, let's see, we played Pacific Dunes and Old Mac. So yeah, birdied 18 on Pacific Dunes, um, mm. had a couple really good shots at Old Mac and a couple really bad shots at Old Mac. <laughs> uh, what's that one? Um is it 13 at Old Mac that goes up the hill, par four? You've got like the, the ghost tree on the right. You've got the yeah. cliff on the right. You've got all those crazy dunes on the left, right? Yes. Yeah. Monster hole. There wasn't like hardly anyone to speak of. And I poked a drive into the bunker behind the green. 
Wow. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's Big monster. Boy. That's I felt monster. real good about that. <laughs> but wait, the very next hole, you're going back par five. If I can hit that same drive again, I would be golden, right? Like I would just like maybe even not even a three wood up to the, the green and be, be set. No, I duck hook it into that <laughs> bunker that no one ever goes in on the right left handed. And yeah. then I had one mulligan because we didn't do a range day because the, uh, the, the practice range is currently down. Uh, they're rebuilding it. So there's just the sheep ranch one. And we didn't even want to deal with that because it was packed yeah. the day before. And so we all had one mulligan to use. I'm like, right, I'll use my mulligan right there. Duck hook it again, even worse <laughs> into the bunker. And so then I, that I, is I, not as fun place over there. It was also, I made a great shot out of there, but I'm, I wasn't even thinking about what's ahead. So I'm like, I'm just going to blast this thing. And I heard you guys talking about on the last podcast, like how hard the sand is to get out of. And like, yeah. I did it as hard as I could. Great shot. Got a slow-mo. Looks amazing. Went into the next bunker on the oh, left side yeah. of the fairway. <laughs> Blast oh. out of that one. Hit just the most beautiful three wood I could have possibly hit. Like, again, lefty. So I had like a, a low draw that just kind of like goes, rises up the, the hill there. And it's just like starts bouncing right where I wanted it to. And just absolutely perfect going right at the flag. I'm like, I think I made it, guys. Like, that's going to be the weirdest part of my life. But this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, so I get up there. I don't see the ball. In the and bunker. so I'm like legitimately looking, is there... Is it in the hole? It's not, of course. So I walk behind. There's no bunker behind the green. Like, behind the green, it's just grass. Right. Except for this one, like, there's a tuft of grass up the hill that just caught a bunch of sand. <laughs> That's where my ball is. Oh, in the man. sand, in, like, this makeshift stupid bunker. So then I blast it out of there, three feet. And then I chip. Yeah, it was a monster of a hole. It destroyed me. So, yeah, that area uh, behind the green, that's like a bunker that's it's just a little no sand. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just, a, but it's, it's like real short. You know, it's yeah. like almost like a little mini half pipe. Yep. That is not fun hitting out of. No, I got screwed every which way <laughs> on that hole. I felt like a king on the uh, on thirteen and a popper on fourteen. So yeah. old Mac will do that to you. Yes, it Definitely. will. Yes, it will. Okay, so uh, how many? You've been abandoned a handful of times, right? Plenty many times. times. Yeah, um, yeah. I've gone with all sorts of people. Um, yeah, I've played with caddies. Played uh you know with just one other guy i've played uh did the solstice saw yep. you guys there yeah um i've done yeah i just it's it's a very special place played with a lot of cool people in all different weather i've played in 40 mile per hour rain uh and i played in bluebird in february so um mm. yeah god bless that place all right it's so let, let's let's get your rankings everybody's everybody's got to have their rankings They're so none are wrong yeah. Well, so I, mine is by time of day. Ooh, so okay. if it's a morning round, I want to play old Mac because the sunrise on old Mac with all the, the undulations. Oh, epic. It's, yeah. It's epic. It's, and the reason I, like I, I, we did sunset round at old Mac this last trip and you got a really cool sunset with the ghost tree silhouetted. It's awesome. But you're ending so far away from the ocean course, that like. Yeah you're not going to get a good ocean right. sunset view there. So it's not really the best. Like Bandon dudes is probably one of the better ones for evening. Um, but either Bandon or Pacific for evening. And then midday, I like trails. Cause then with the wind, like you get interesting pockets. Um, yeah. You can get away from the wind a little bit in there, but Keep it just hills. depends on the time of the day. Um, and then sheep yeah. ranch, it's not one of my favorites, but I, I prefer to play it when it's windy. Because it gives you a reason to why you didn't play it well. <laughs> it, it, dude, I mean, not windy, then you should play well there. I feel like sheep, you have to play in the wind. I mean, that's what it's built for. Like, just get out it, there and suck it up, dude. You know, it's that's what it was made for. We did it in February this uh, this year, and it was windy and awful. And so, the first hole, 
it's kind of the wind's coming north. So it's kind of like you got the trees there. I, I bombed a drive um, and had maybe 200 something in, but the wind was blowing probably 30 miles per hour left to right. And so I had to aim about 40 yards left of the green and oh, hit stingy. a draw in there middle of the green, but it just, it ballooned, just bananaed. It was amazing. And then, uh, at solstice, I think I hit, was that solstice? No. Um, yeah, it was solstice. I hit a driver on a pack dunes, I think number like, uh, what's that par three seventeen? Um, yes, the long one. Yeah. I yeah, hit driver yeah. there and didn't <laughs> wow. even reach the green, pulled it right. And then the next hole I hit driver seven iron over the green on the par five and birdied it. So oh. yeah, that was, well, we, we play it's just amazing in wind. Cause we got there, uh, for the solstice, we got there on Sunday and nice. we, we played, um, sheep in the morning, right, Joe? No, no, no. We played, uh, trails, trails and, and then sheep in the afternoon. No okay. sheep um, the next morning. Oh, yeah, that's right. We just played and then preserve and then sheep yeah. the next morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so we on 16, the par three, I hit a four iron cause we had <laughs> 30 mile an hour winds. It was like a 140 yard shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in the solstice, that was our last round. So it we was, ended wow. ripping, we ended dude. out there ripping. and it was like sixty mile an hour. Oh, I, I hit driver on that hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hit a punch driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I hit my ball so high that when the ball when the wind's going with me, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And then um oh man, I can't remember the the hole, but I think pack dunes, the the par three, uh where it's up the hill, you've got that crazy bunker on the right, and it's like a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty yard shot. Ocean's just on the yeah, left like there. 11. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 11. Anyways, um, I mashed a three wood oh, in, wow. straight yeah. into the tee and it ballooned probably 170 feet in the air or more <laughs> and dropped about 12 feet behind the hole. It was one <laughs> wow. of the best shots of the entire time at the solstice. And I, of course, missed the putt, but oh, of course. I mean, it was insane, insane oh. wind, yeah, which just is memorable. Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. But, and just, it creates so many memories. That's the thing. It's like, you remember all your shots and that's what's so magnificent about that place. And you got to get so creative too. Cause yeah. when else are you hitting a three wood on a 140 yard par three? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. We just, uh, last week we had Cal on cause he had a trip there and I, I was telling him when I was on his show, I said, as long as you've got a knockdown, you know, 160 <laughs> yard four iron, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and mine tends everybody's to got that bad not knock right? down. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I again hit the ball just way too friggin' high. So, <laughs> oh look, Nick's. Uh, so Nick Gates, he's the one who I um, played with last last week, and he's a. Uh, yeah, he hit some stupidly ridiculous shots. Uh, Eighteen at uh, Old Mac. So he hit. I think was it his? That's a par four. A f- he hit to the right of the bunker, like hit the cart path, and he was just out in no man's land. And uh, yeah, that's, yeah, because it's got a huge hill. Like the the green is just sloping massively on yeah, like, like the left side ball. of it. Yeah. So he hits what I thought it was well struck shot, but I'm like, oh, it's gonna get caught up there in the junk. It doesn't. It like <laughs> he hits it from probably 170 out, lands perfectly right on the top of the green, and rolls trickles down to like All 80. Yeah. That's, missed that's, the that's, such a, that's such a fun one. He still won. It was He's, yeah. It's a great the undulations ball, yeah. there are just stu- like you have to be so creative, and if you know how to play it well, it's not that hard. Like you, have if you know those greens, the left there, yeah. right? Like but you can hit it spot. to you can hit it to the left side of the green, and the pins all the way on the right. Like if you know what the green does, you're you're in good shape. Yeah, 
it's not that it's not and then if you know that you need to land up there on the left and you hit it 10 yards short like i did and you end up down low to the right you know you're kind of screwed (laughs) <laughs> one of my yeah. best my one of my best rounds ever out there is uh it's it's tied my my pb a 75 on old mac and the caddy i had told me just i'm gonna hand you a club you just hit it i'm gonna tell you where to hit it you just hit it and i mean take having that knowledge of where to go it's so it changes the whole thing yeah so, i i think this last time i played old mac i think i shot like a 86 or something like nothing great solstice though first first round of the day was old mac we were the first group off like 520 feet time and i could not have my drive on three went dead over the top of the ghost tree like right over the top of it <laughs> drove the green and Ooh, three nice. putted for par because i was 90 feet away but i'll take that <laughs> um, ended up with a 73 best round of my oh, life nice. i shot under par wow. other places but yes and then i went 73 83 at uh sheep i think and then 91 at bandon and 87 at pacific so it was all over the place but <laughs> that 73 at old mac no one can take that from me that was uh, no no that's a good do you, do you remember what your time was yeah we went out at 520 and we got done at 545 and i oh, had wow. done an anniversary trip with my wife like we road tripped from lincoln city which is like northwest oregon on the coast all the way down to santa barbara stopping a couple different places on the way and then drove back. I got back uh, Monday at like eight in the morning or something ridiculous. Like, or we, like, no, three in the morning, something ridiculous, terrible time. And then that day went over to Bandon. Um, I wasn't supposed to be in the solstice. We were on the, uh, the alternate list and yeah. somebody busted their calf muscle or something and couldn't go. And they called me up since I'm just two and a half hours away. And, yeah. uh, yeah, snuck in. So I wasn't planning on it. I had done zero prep work. I get, I just am now getting over my blisters. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Like this head cover I though that we got at that solstice. Oh yeah, you know the oh the seventy two. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness! So amazing. I show that off. That one's never in my bag. No, um, it's it stays on my driver. Yeah, yeah always. I got I got my three wood. I got a uh, my driver one is from a course I played. I played in the World Par Three Championship in Bermuda. Um, I was one of the sponsors. Yeah, so there's this really cool course called Turtle Hill, and it is like every single one of those par threes, kind of like um, seventeen at uh, Trails, right? Like really cool looking par three, like iconic. Every single one of those holes, like you're in Bermuda, each one of those would be kind of that hole for trails. Like they're each insane and amazing. And like Bermuda doesn't have a whole lot of elevation, but it's on elevation. Right. I mean, it's kind of like it's a small island, but it just goes up on both sides. And you're just playing like downhill, uphill, sides up. Um, insane. Met a lot of cool people. And yeah, got this really cool head cover. Went to like the Bacardi uh, headquarters and um, mm. got to play some of the ridiculous courses there. So again, one of those things that like I earned that head cover. So it's not one I just bought, like <laughs> it's staying yeah. on there because I earned it. Like, Right. Good, oh, one hundred percent. Right. Let me let me ask you this real quick. So, um, you've been abandoned many times, right? Right. How would you compare? Because was Solstice where we met you at? That was your first Solstice ever, right? Right. Like, how would you compare that experience to like a normal trip to abandon? Like, God, good is question. It, is it better? Is it no? Is it? It's I mean, different. obviously, it's different, but. Well, I tell people like like I have a lot of people that haven't gone, and we're like, oh, I want to do Solstice. I'm like do not do that as your first one. 
Like <laughs> that was me. That was me. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's... And we did eighty-five. We didn't do seventy-two. We did preserve after. Yeah, I know you preserve. Pre- I, I had high hopes of doing that, and my feet. There's no way we went and passed out in front of the uh, or behind the eighteenth <laughs> tee or eighteenth green on Bandon and just drank. Yeah. Drank some good drinks and uh, our dogs were barking, so we let them out to play and <laughs> took our shoes off. So yeah, yeah, well done, you guys. But no, it, it's a marathon. It's, um, I mean, it is. Yeah, it it's intense. Um, you know, you got to go to bed. It's kind of like only way I can think of saying is like it's like a wedding night versus a first date. Like you don't want to <laughs> go just straight to the wedding night, which is yeah. like a crazy marathon. You know, <laughs> versus go to bandit like you got to get to know each course like on its own and spend the time and that solstice you don't have that time you're just go 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 yeah yeah. and you don't get to know the each course individually and so you can't just get married without knowing them all um which you did joe so good for you yeah but uh that's kind of my thought i um i mean you, you are correct in the fact that like the first obviously the first round like we played bandit dunes first and that was a whirlwind like i we did that in what Three hours. No, it was less oh, than three hours. Less it was like two fifty. Yeah, yeah. It was two twenty, I think. Two twenty. So we that? did our first one, and I think a lot of the yeah, yeah. Okay. It was pretty fast. It, I, I mean, can't. I can't remember. It, it was a blur. We my were heart was beating. I was so like hyped, and I don't remember, remember a lot of it. Yeah. You know, so it's too fast. Like for the first round, like you guys uh, were saying, the last one, you know, either have like go with someone that you know, or at least get a caddy. Um, there's too much going on. There's too many nuances to the course to just go in blind. And especially to do all four courses in one day, you just can't remember it. Now, once you've done them all and enjoyed it, then yeah, the solstice is awesome. But honestly, I'm probably like, I have no plans to do it again. Like I'm not trying to get back on no. the list or anything. No. So my wife and I, our anniversary is on uh, June 18th and we do oh, like cool right trips for that. So like yeah. the road trip down to Santa Barbara was awesome. Like do, driving the 101 and the one, um and like i get to play golf in cool places but that like the the anniversary time with the wife's more important to me yeah um then and like, it's like always father's day right it's so, like I, which is family time and stuff. that's like, a tough one i wanted to do um a, you know it was a bucket list item but for me it's 100 like, it went perfect i got to go off very first i met some really cool dudes you guys both named jason and then a guy named rob um really interesting guys played first played really well for me um great weather like good weather to start windy weather like kind of got the whole gamut like can't ask for a whole lot more than that you know so i feel like if i tried to do it again i'd be chasing the perfection that was and there's no way i'd reach that like i don't know how i could be better i mean it's one of those things where you're like yeah i played in the band and solstice like it's a badge you know it's hell yeah you know it's it's 100 a bucket list item I do. I would love to do it every year. It's very difficult to do it every year. Um, like when me and Matt, when we finished our last round, there was a dude. He was like eighty-five. Oh my god! And he played. He's played every. He's been solstice in every one. Wow. Since it started. Wow. He's been in every one. And I, you know, amazing. I, I was walking around like I had a chip on my shoulder. This is my third solstice <laughs> three times. And then I look across the and, and and then you start hearing, oh, this is my eighth. This is my ninth. This is my seventh. This is my eighth. And then Jason some 85. Yeah. It, wow. Some 85 year old man says, I haven't missed one. Wow. And yeah. he like carries his own bag. Or something. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, we we carried too. No. I was I was just gonna do the push I did cart. too. I did not have a caddy like Matt, so yeah, well, I pushed. Some people are smarter than others. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was gonna do the push cart and be great, but then all the other guys I was with were just, no, oh, we're just gonna carry. So I got a Jones bag. It's very cushy. Like it was fine, but yeah. no, I didn't have enough. Uh, I needed another pair of shoes. Was my problem. Like I had. Um, oh, you only brought one. I had huh? some good socks working through, but the shoes just broke down, and then yeah, those blisters. Yeah, didn't I learned, go away for I learned two weeks. that. I learned that right away. So yeah. the first one, I had. Uh, I brought two pairs of shoes, um, but I. I didn't look. I, I had. I brought some new uh, foot joys, the Flex, when they came out. Yeah. And um, we played uh, Eugene Country Club the, nice. the day before, two days before, and they put a blister on my heel. Oh, and man. so I'm like, "Oh, this is great! I'm going into you know uh, <laughs> 40 miles of walking with right. a blister." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I knew right. Hey, uh, it has to be comfortable. It has to be broken in. And you have to bring multiple socks yeah. and you change every round. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's Did you guys have okay, so, oh, uh, so the driver from Sheep Ranch to Bandon? Do you guys have the uh, the lady? Uh, you would remember. I don't remember. So no. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. We were, like we were all sitting there white knuckling. Like you know that road between like yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. some serious whoop throughs. 50 oh, plus. So she was whipping it. She, she was oh, whipping it. I wish. 50 plus. No. We were all just like sitting there, like looking at each other. Like we're supposed to be eating our sandwiches in between. And we're all just kind of like, is this our last sandwich? Like it was wow. I mean, full compression. Just every, it was. She's like, we're on a know. timeline here. It's a solstice. We got to get you through <laughs> your courses. She's Let's like, go. they don't let me drive normally, but for the solstice, they bring me back. And like, she's thinks she's all funny and stuff. And we're like, we're going to die. She was amazing. Yeah. I've never seen her before, oh, but no. When, that's for solstice, awesome. They bring her out to go from Sheep Ranch to Bandon. And she gets man. us there fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah holy cow Pure god man <laughs> we were kissing the ground when we got out of that bus <laughs> that's awesome man okay oh. so my question i or a question that i have uh being a, a resident of oregon and a golfer and someone who's in the golf business does bandon have the alluring effect on you like it has on people that can't go there on a Sunday afternoon if they want to. I mean, I still can't like I'm close enough that I feel like I should, but I still can't and don't. Um, no, it's, it's still amazing. Like it's, even though it's kind of in my backyard, it's, uh, it's every bit as awesome as like, if I never got to enjoy it, like every time you go back, it's just as good, if not better. Like everyone there is super nice. The courses are all amazing. Um, it's just for, it's called perfection. Like, People, it's magic. Dude. A lot of my friends don't like who aren't golfers don't realize that we have like, like some of the top courses in the world all in one location in Bandon. Like Bandon's a really boring town other than the golf. Like there's not a whole yeah. lot going on there. Most of the Southern Oregon uh, coast towns are kind of lame. Like they're just where old people uh, go to die, kind of. But yeah, Bandon yeah. has amazing <laughs> golf, and um, now I think the. Like, again, it feels like I should be able to just go over for a day trip, right? So one time I went over um, with uh, one of my buddies and 
he was already there or something like he was driving in. I was going to try and just go play like two or three, two and a half rounds with them. Cause you know, you get the first rounds expensive, second rounds, half price, third rounds free. Right. And right. so you want to play as much as you can. And so I go over there, I leave at like five in the morning, four thirty-five in the morning, get there in time to warm up and then, um, played two and a half rounds. I think I finished pack dunes. I think we were coming in on seven and finished at the punch bowl go in, uh, go to McKee's, have the meatloaf. And then I tried to drive home and <laughs> mistakes were made. I had to stop, yeah. I think three times to take naps on the way. I think I finally got wow. home at like three in the morning. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Told myself I'd never do that again. And then like two years later, I did it again, which yeah. <laughs> went yeah. similarly <laughs> badly, but no, it, it's again, it's right there. And I want to go all yeah. the time. Um, yeah. But there's, That's I mean, the there's a lot for, of other good golf around here too. Like Southern Oregon, has good cheap golf that uh we got ben there too which has like pronghorn and um tetherow have you ever played tetherow i haven't been there i haven't played it yet Ooh, I wanna it play looks that really amazing badly. the putting green been to that it was really nice <laughs> well i i've played eugene country club which is oh my god it's spectacular yeah played emerald valley in eugene as well which it's where the oregon team practices out of and it's i mean someone coming from the desert that place is gorgeous. Yeah. And then Joe and I, what was it called, Joe? Um, uh, Diamond Woods. Diamond Woods, which is a little north of Eugene. Okay. Um, it's, I mean, that was, was a, a blast. It was fun. Super it was fun. so much fun. We we got there because the rain, a, a ton of rain came through and and did a lot of damage on uh, Emerald Valley. Mm. So we got uh, my buddy Todd. You, oh, do you know Todd? You know Todd. Yeah. Um, he was going to play with us. But he's like, you don't want to play there. He goes, go play Diamond Woods. And so we we got off the plane, got our rental car, drove straight there, uh, teed off at like 640 and finished, you know, in plenty of time. <laughs> we were flying, though. Wow. But it, but it was it was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Really good golf. And like you said, very affordable. I did a another one of my bucket list things I always wanted to do was play every golf course you could see from the freeway in Oregon. So I started up, um, I think it was Heron Lakes, what it's called. It was, uh, so west of the freeway, it's like near the uh, Portland racetrack, the speedway. You can like just barely see the freeway, so it counted. Played there, then played Langdon Farms uh, near Salem. Played, um, what was the other one? Played uh, North Sutherland area. There's one next to the freeway. Um, played Creswell. There's that course that like splits the freeway. Shot like on my birthday, shot three under there, which was like best round yes. officially ever. Um, Sick. and then played a couple courses in Medford, and we just road trip, road trip down, saw a golf course, went and played it. Awesome. Oh, that's the way to do it, yeah. Because now I've got memories so, going by like every course, yeah, I drive oh. By. oh, yeah, I remember that hole. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Shanky in the woods over there. How many courses do you have there in, in uh, where you're at? So, we used that more. We just lost, we lost one like two years ago to a pot farm. Uh, so that was unfortunate where I used to like, I grew up playing this part three course where I kind of learned how to play. Um, I think my buddy lives up there. He, he grows weed. I think we got a lot of that. It's got <laughs> a little cheap. So it's, yeah. The, anyways. <laughs> um, so we got Dutcher Creek, uh, owned by Dutch for Dutch Rose, um, the owner. They, uh, they're making that one a lot better at Grants Pass Golf Club. Applegate's a fun little part three. Um, we shot, we did a, uh, charity tournament there. Um, and ended up shooting like, like everyone's talking about that 46 now, right? On nine holes, we shot a like twenty-five. 
I think. Oh, wow. It was 25 or 26. They wrote it down for 27, but definitely wasn't 27. Um, <laughs> they were doing those things where, like, you put a ball on top of a red solo cup or whatever mm. and hit it with, like, a six-foot driver, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, There yeah. were a couple of those holes. One of them, it was, like, a pretty short – it's a drive, very drivable par four. It's a short course. But that first drive, like, did a long driver with it, put it one – 140 out or something and we also had string and so that 140 yard shot <laughs> was our shot like our tee shot right i stuck it to a foot like eight inches oh, shut our string hole in one three sick. three or four holes later we had to like hit uh, put a red solo cup on top of a ball hit my driver pull hook but we had i think 170 in stuck it to like two feet from 170 just had just enough string to put us in so oh, that's awesome. Yeah, two hole in ones on the card. That's uh yeah. That one if it you still didn't do a forty six. Still would no. No, we played we did I think we had one bogey, but still no. I think those guys didn't know how mulligans work personally. But. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. It's gotta be, yeah. Oh. I just don't see it. Um so in your area, right? I'm because I'm curious about this because when we went to Solstice, it was my first time ever in Oregon and I fell in love with the place like it's the greenest place I've ever been in my entire life. Um, are you seeing the the rise in like um, tea times booked? Very difficult to play golf at any courses near you, or is it you got to book a week out, two weeks out, or is it you can jump on whenever you want out there? Uh, it's not jump on whenever you want. A lot of the old people take some of the early tea times, but honestly, I've got a track man in my shop, so I play on that Sick. a lot. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, I've got buddies that are members at some local courses, and so they'll just invite me out here and there, and then I go to Bandit. So, honestly, I've got uh, three kids, like seven, five, and one, and uh, I'm just one and a half. And so, yeah, um, I, my wife's I was literally, right when, when I messaged you, like, do you want to get on the podcast? I was literally looking on Zillow, like, for houses that <laughs> are as close to Bandit as possible <laughs> with, yeah. with a good, like, uh, course in the area where I could play, like, like, do you need to intern, Bradley? Like, <laughs> right. you know, like <laughs> I love, good I that, love it. I mean, love it up there. I was born and raised here. Went to Oregon State for college. Came back. Um, it's heavenly. Like, yeah, it's, it's, get it's just enough snow to make it still magical. Like, we get one or two good snows a year, but not too mm -hmm. much. You can really, I mean, it rains and stuff, but the net whole rest of the week is dry. So there'll be you, know, you can play golf uh, year round here. Um, a lot of the, it's a relatively like it's a poor area for like people with jobs, but all the retired people move here. So, but then they, they're snowbirds. So they're in Arizona right now. And so the course kind of opens up because there's yeah. all the rich people that live on the course are gone. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's grants pass the greats, uh, the real estate market's still a little bit crazy around here, but it's getting better. Um, well, and I, I love when you, I mean, you're, you're really talented at bringing your community and your life to Instagram. Uh, you do a lot of stories just walking around town. Um, that one story you did, I don't know how long ago it was about the truck that just kept on getting tickets. <laughs> that, um, was that, ridiculous. that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's small town. It really yep. brings a small town atmosphere to it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I absolutely love that. So what, what got you into putters? Where, where did it come from? What made you go? Hell, let's give it a shot. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the love of wood first. Um, I'll take that the wrong way. Uh, so uh, when I was <laughs> little, my, my dad, um, he, did, he did woodworking. Um, 
like making really fancy boxes with really cool like geometric designs on top. So I've got like got scars on my legs and hands and stuff from like playing with his exacto knives and things and like cutting myself. Uh, and he used to whittle and all that. So, but like not like car- not carpentry stuff, like small form whittling and and sculpting. So loved that. Um, and then I was an engineer. Spent about ten years designing military equipment to survive nukes. So uh, a lot of programming, a lot of know mechanical engineering degree from Oregon State so I knew my way around materials and and physics and all that jazz um but one of my friends was in the local parade um and he was passing out like gifts uh or like 10% off tokens for he um he's a burl wood supplier so he gets crazy woods that are like misshapen uh and and weird looking but they're beautiful when you cut them and he sells those all Hey are you back? I can hear you now. There we, there go. we go. That was weird. It just cut out and decided, nope. AirPods, I'm like, I'm <laughs> done with this. I guess. I mean, they're still got power, but uh, who knows? <laughs> okay, so you you were talking about uh, the the wood. You got this exotic wood that looked amazing when you cut it. Yeah. So I wanted to incorporate it maybe into electronics or incorporate it into, I mean, I just veneer it, do something with this special material. And I was up in uh, Portland at the. Have you guys ever been to the Real Mother Goose store that was downtown there? No, it's like super high end furniture, um, crazy carpentry, like super exotic chairs and stuff. And um, I saw this wooden drum that had these like interesting cutouts on it, it's like a solid piece, but cutouts. And I pictured it like, you know, you hit it with a little hammer and it made cool sounds. So I pictured a golf ball dropping on it and thought like, what if you made a putter that had those cutouts in it and made a cool sound? Like, sounds like an interesting project. Um, so I got that idea on Black Friday of 2016. Saturday, I built a website, just did some Facebook ads and stuff with a landing page, saw if there was any interest, got a few hits. Uh, Sunday, I built the designs and quickly realized that doing that cutout was going to be a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> on Monday, I built my first design and went to a friend's wood shop and just, just like tried out stuff. Uh, Tuesday, built the second design, made some improvements. Uh, Wednesday, shafted them up, went to like a a pawn shop, bought some old putters and like glued the shafts in with the grips already in place. <laughs> and Thursday had them out at the course to try them out and see what people thought. Um, first one was terrible. And uh, it, like, I thought it was good, but looking back at it now, it's really, really bad, like too light. I like was pouring the lead into the, uh, the wood itself and scorching and all sorts of crazy stuff, losing who knows how many years of my life. Um, <laughs> and then uh took the second one straight to the driving range and hit it full, like hit like a five iron to see what the failure modes were. So I could start making it stronger. Um, and then just kept getting better and better with it. Uh, got hit up by the putt ski guys. Um, they made like ski ball putters and they had extra space at their booth at the PGA show and invited me to tag along and just take up kind of a 10 by 10. And, uh, yeah, end of January of 2017, I was at the PGA show and, Sean Zach at golf.com uh, found the booth, thought it was super cool, took some pictures and then sent me a link. And uh, he said like the coolest products at the PGA show. And we were the very top one. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there is someone in town that we know that has had one. And uh, you know, when you, when you're, when you're grabbing a wood putter, you, you're like, why, you know? And uh, I've, I've putted with one and I was kind of mind blown. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how good it actually felt, you know, and, and that's, what was that? Like two or three years ago, probably you, you made that one. Cause you have done like engineering on the weights and everything like that to where it does actually feel like a putter and it feels fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah. It, people, it's always that was a fun part about going to the trade shows. Is someone would they? That was before anybody kind of knew who I was. They'd look at the putter and be like, "Oh, wood putter, like that can't feel good." I'm like, "Just try it." And they're like, "What do you like? Why?" I'm like, "Just, just pick it up and hit it." Like I don't, <laughs> I could explain it to you, or you're actually here, just pick it up and hit it. And they'd hit it and every time. Like, especially the most skeptical ones, they would like slowly look up with like a side eye and be like, how'd you do that? What yeah. are you doing yeah. here? Right? What kind of wizardry is this? Yeah. Wizard! Black magic. Uh, no, I mean, it's material science. It's um, it's a gorgeous material, but it's low density, and uh, which allows me to put high density weights around the perimeter, symmetrically placed. And so you get a high moment of inertia because the majority of your weight is as far away from the impact point as possible. So the face doesn't want to twist on off center hits. And then um, you get really good feedback on where you hit it on the face because there's a bunch of individual weights that um, act almost like tuning forks in a way where when you hit the sweet spot, they're all vibrating at the same time and it just feels super solid. And if you get off of that, then the sound waves are bouncing around a little bit differently and you feel that, you know, it's different. So like, you know, you strum a guitar string, and then you hit like the harmonics, it, it just, you know, it's beautiful. If you're off the harmonic, it goes and you know it. Um, and so you can't do that with steel. You can't do that with aluminum, like the densities that the speed of sound through those materials are too similar. So you don't get really good feel. Whereas with these putters, you get the density of um, stabilized wood and acrylic versus lead are vastly different. And so you get good bouncing off of the, uh, the sound wave. So you get really beautiful feel with these putters which is what you're noticing um it's just and then i can do really cool like i figured out first was can i make a putter that actually works and feels good like that's the most important thing i don't want these just to to sit on uh you know someone's desk um but then people kept messaging me like oh yeah i keep getting asked about this like every time i take it out someone wants to know about the putter and so i started like realizing i could build cool things into the putter that tell someone's story and that's where things kind of took off and um you know my birth the, the first trade show telling people like oh i think i'll be able to sell these for like 500 bucks and they're like yeah you know you're not like you're crazy like rolling their eyes and uh yeah we're we're a little bit past that now yeah yeah just a little bit <laughs> so where was your vision at when you started with this what what was your goal in mind cuz i know it's it's kind of gone 90 degrees the other way with what you're doing now but what what was your ambition when you got into it what did you want? What did you want to do? Uh, I mean, I want to make a uh, cool company that I enjoyed working in, employ some good people and um, make enough money to support my family. That was kind of the goal. And then it's just taking a lot of different turns trying to figure like I've had partners that wanted to try and like buy out other companies and make it really big. Um, and right now it's just me. Like I don't have any employees and kind of just back to the beginning of how I started and just like I built up a lot of processes and crazy stuff. Uh, technology that allows me to do a lot of different things, but I don't need, like now I can just focus on the crazy artwork and not having to do volume. I can just work on the most ridiculous putters for the coolest people and yeah, that, uh, not that, worry about that Maryland putter, that Maryland flag putter. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. That was that, ridiculous. I told that guy no so many times. Like, <laughs> like I, I will laser engrave it for you. And he's like, nope, not good enough. I want it solid all the way through. And uh, yeah, I mean, and if you guys know what the Maryland flag looks like, it's ridiculous. Like it yeah. looks like puzzle pieces. It's got the diagonal stuff. I, I knew I would do that because, you know, it's just um, drum sanding some pieces to, you know, planing some, some wood down. So it's all same thickness, 
cut it at the right angle, offset it. That's pretty straightforward. But then the puzzle pieces, that's where I had to figure out, like, I was trying to think of 3D printing and like creating molds for each individual piece. Cause you've got like a crazy one and another crazy one fits in. But then the revelation was like, well, no, it's a square, right? And mm -hmm. so like, all I need to do is make one of them and then put that into a square, pour the other color. And that gives me a square that I can then glue together and, and make it work. Um, and so once I, a lot of times, like, you know, I spend about a half hour on the phone with each person, at least a half hour to an hour, just coming up with the designs. And a lot of times I'm literally just trying to think up how I'm going to do what they want me to do. Like, yeah. and so that one was one where like, it was actually over Instagram. And at first I'm telling him, no, no, no. And like, oh, I guess I could do this. Okay, I could do that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so I it, think when uh, you posted that Maryland putter, I, I think I messaged Matt and I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? It's insane. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And and that's what's so cool is you and like you're able to bring these visions to life, like because you can't it's it's things that you can't do with steel that you you're able to bring to life. And the creativity and the art that is placed in every piece is is insane. Like, thanks, man. That that Maryland putter was crazy. That would that was that was probably the biggest one where I was like, this fucking guy, this blew me away. Black magic. <laughs> dude from grants pass oregon what is he doing well that was fun because i i documented a lot of the process and like how things are working and what wasn't working and um right yeah, now we doing... love seeing that we love seeing that because every yeah. time you post a story i'm I'm tuning in to see what yeah. you're up to well what's hard right now i've got i can't talk about it exactly but like, i've got christmas gift putters for people that are like followers of mine that would totally know it's theirs because i'm making one based off of a very specific vehicle and they would know, oh, that's mine because there's very few of them. Um, <laughs> things like that, where uh, it's going to be sick, and I can't wait to show off some of the stuff. But like, I can't do. Well, here's one. Um, so you guys know the Fade and Fairway? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the so, Portland carpet. Yeah. So you guys will see this, but uh, yeah. So that's the uh, PDX has a unique carpet, and he sent me a piece of it. It was, I think, it was a bag tag or something, and. Um, right now it's just in wood with the Portland car or the PDX carpet and then clear acrylic over it. So everything's perfect so far, but it's not a Christmas gift. So I haven't been like rushing this one. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, going to be, I mean, it's going to be very simple, uh, for the most part, but it's got some maple, just some Northwest maple. And then that beautiful carpet and he'll just be looking down at the, uh, the PDX carpet. Every <laughs> yeah, time that's sick. So like, sick. It's just stupid. So I, I love when you go into the details on specific builds, or not really specific builds, but just any build, the the process, because I, I I think a lot of people are, are like numb to the process. Like they think, oh, it's a wood putter. He went out back, took a tree, shaped it, stuck a shaft in it, glossed it and shipped it. It's way more than that. You know, I, there's a few more steps than that. Yeah, <laughs> just a few more steps than that. So. I mean, in in some way that you could summarize everything that you go through to make sure what is happening happens. It, it, try to explain that. Yeah. Um, so first, the wood itself, like uh, depending on the putter, uh, some people send me an interesting piece of wood. Like a guy uh, was went to Nord Notre Dame and was standing on the bleachers and was jumping up and down and the bleacher broke under him. So he sent me that piece of wood. Like he had it just, you know, in his den. A lot of people have just cool pieces of wood in their den and they send them to me. And, um, and so I kept like the shattered piece of that. So when he puts it, like you can see how it was shattered because it adds to the story of it. Yeah. But yeah. so someone sends me wood or I find a cool piece of wood. 
Um, first I have to dry it. So I put it in a toaster oven and did it. I have to weigh it down to the gram and I just keep weighing it till. So it's, it's a straight up toaster oven. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> wow. uh, it's really high tech, uh, <laughs> but I weigh it until there's no more, um, water evaporating off of it. Essentially. Once it's to that point, I have to first let it cool down below 80 degrees. And then I put it into a vacuum chamber that's uh, got cactus juice in it. So it's not actually cactus juice, but it's a, a stabilizing resin. And I pull a vacuum on it and I let that run for a long time, like sometimes a full day, but at least four hours. Pulls all the air out of it. And then uh, once I release the vacuum, the that's yeah, the time. There goes the I know, right? Perfect. Got it. Uh, <laughs> so I'll go into the, uh, the room with the vacuum. So, um, so I pull a vacuum on it and then it, uh, uh, so when I release the vacuum, it, it like injects the rest of the, um, the resin into the wood. I let that just soak for another day or so. Then I put it into an oven and bake it. And that turns the wood from like just normal wood to almost like a plastic. Like it, it makes it much harder, makes it much more, um, there we go, much more, uh, machinable, less likely to splinter, much more durable, um, just better in every way. Um, and so all that just to make the block that I'm going to kind of start with. And then if I'm adding acrylic to it, I have to prep it for a mold. I have to, sometimes I'll like do 3d prints and either put the 3d printed piece on the wood or create a mold and then, um, then pour acrylic into the mold. And then like, if I'm yeah, Maryland one, I had to, uh, first 3d print like a hard mold. Then I had to pour a uh, silicone like resin into that, let it cure, then take that mold and pour acrylic into that, then pull that out and, uh, put the rest or, and then put everything together and then create the rest of the block. Um, so there can be a lot of steps just to get to the acrylic pour. Then with the acrylic pour, I've got a 12 minutes to make everything essentially like it cures pretty fast. I've got 12 minutes of work time. Uh, it has to be in a toaster oven to start with. So there's no moisture because I don't make it cloudy. Then I put that into a pressure pot at 70 PSI so that it crushes all the bubbles. So it becomes, you know, perfectly clear. Um, all that then has to cure for at least two hours, ideally three. Then that goes back into the oven to cure again. Uh, and that gets it up to the hardness of at least like a 70 on a shore D, um, which is just this little, uh, poker thing that I poke into it and how far it pokes tells me how hard the wood is. Um, and if it didn't, if all that didn't go perfectly and it's too soft, then I have to start over. So all that just to get oh me God. to, wow. yeah. Uh, so all that to get me to like a block of wood with some acrylic on it. And then from there, um, I have to do density calculations to determine how much weight to put in. So I've got a guy here in town that, uh, I created a mold for him to make me lead weights that are all different, like all the same diameter, just different heights. And then I'll, uh, place those. Like I've got those separated out down to the gram. And I determined how much lead I need to put in to reach my target weight. And then I split the block in half, put it into a drill press. And uh, I have to cut each hole to the exact height of each weight. So I have to like do a lot of measurements for each one. And then, um, and then epoxy everything into place and line everything back up with that piece that I cut off so it makes the seam disappear. So all that to get weights in it. Once I've done that, I feel that cure overnight, at least ideally two days or more also with the post cure just to get it. Otherwise it stays gummy. Uh, then from there, um, I, I'll do the shaping on it. So that's all done by hand. Uh, just using like a, a bandsaw belt sander, um, a few other just simple tools. 
And then once I've got the shape, then I've been doing a lot of acrylic engravings lately. And that's where it's, I can get really artsy fartsy with it, like Van Gogh style yeah, and yeah. all that. Um, but for that, I have to, on the computer, create a, a digital drawing where I separate out the areas that I want to have certain colors. And it's kind of like screen printing, but with UV resin and lasers and fancy stuff. So I'll like for a sunset, I will cut out, like I'll just drop the, the height of a wood uh, in the area that I want a sunset to be. And then I'll just keep like layering liquid colors essentially until I get it exactly what I want. I have to, it takes about 20 minutes per area just because I've got to get it perfect with no bubbles. And then I have to do a really slow cure on it. Otherwise, it, if it cures too quickly, it creates more bubbles and looks terrible. Um, so all that. And then each, each color area I do is another 20 minutes in the laser and 20 plus minutes of like putting the yeah. resin in the right spots and then another 10 minutes in the uv before it goes back in for the next and i'll do seven plus layers sometimes just to get the right artwork image um and then shafting it got to that's where i it's a lot harder to shaft these than it is to shaft just a normal steel putter right. because they're if they're, they're, they're fragile uh until they're all set and like if you put things in wrong and torque things wrong bad things can happen once everything's set you could pretty much hit it like a five iron you'll be fine um and if it does ever break i, I you know it's guaranteed for life so i'll fix it but there you've got to do all that stuff exactly right all the the tip prep like some people can just you know throw it on a belt uh sander grind off the tip and you're done like i have to do a lot more steps than that prepping the hole prepping the the shaft otherwise it'll just pop out which happened years and years ago and uh took a long time to figure that one out so yeah it'd be Process, great if i man. could just go back in the woodshed grab a piece and put a shaft in i did that actually with the two by four once because a lot of people thought that's what i was doing <laughs> and so i took it to a trade show and i here's here's your two by four putter they're like oh it's just a wood putter right? i'm like no here you go and if anyone was having a bad day no matter what literally every time i handed that putter to someone they giggled like a schoolgirl. yeah because <laughs> it's so light like they just yeah. whip it around they're like yeah, yeah. no that's not no, you're kidding i'm like yeah like there's no weight in it there's no bounce to it like it's not face bounce or you know i can i can do whatever bounce one needs but like there's no tech in it it's just wood on the end of a stick and yeah. it's laughably bad that is a hell of a process so, so if any anybody that goes to your website <laughs> or is looking for a secondhand putter from you and sees a price and goes, what the fuck? Just rewind the last five minutes and listen to that again. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a hell of a process. That That is not having a program. No disrespect to CNC steel putter makers because there's some amazing ones out there. Sure. Yeah. But that is not putting a block of steel in a machine and hitting a button. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's hand. It's it's. 100% handcrafted like from when I've done the end. CNC stuff like I've, I was a mechanical engineer first so I I literally wrote G code in notepad yeah. well yeah and I, I did those designs for that I sent farmed those off and I got out of that world because I couldn't be as good as those guys like I don't have the tools in the shop and I just I know my lane I'm gonna stick in that um but yeah I've, I've done that whole world I know what it takes I know how hard it is um but yeah this is it's just very different what I do and I just have so much more at my fingertips that i can do than metal like you PDX get way carpet. more creative like yeah oh every God. single putter i do is you're not gonna so find a steel putter different. with pdx carpet on it no <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> no. the, the stories that i'm gonna be doing a meteorite putter uh shortly um find some uh, stardust carpet <laughs> here's a here's a cool one um i can describe yeah. it for all the people on the podcast but so this one's pretty simple it's just like a river scene um with some uh 
camp chairs, a palm tree, and then there's little donkeys and stuff. But those mountains, any beer yeah. drinkers in here? Oh, yeah. You recognize those mountains there? With the blue line on top? Is that it's the, the uh, Rockies? Coors Light, baby. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so those are like the legit, like I took it from like the label and put the Coors Light because wow. the guy drinks a ton of Coors. Do they, so, chain, do they turn blue when it's cold? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ice cold. When you, yeah, when your putting's ice cold, unfortunately. No. Yeah, that, so, what, that's something new that could that could cover. When, you, when, you're, yeah, when your putting's ice cold, the mountains turn blue. The mountains turn blue. <laughs> so let... Tell us some blowback you've gotten from the golf industry on what you're doing, because it's very non-traditional. It used to be more often, honestly, um, like the uh, golf subreddit. You guys ever on that? I some occasionally they, they scare me, yeah. right? They're scary. <laughs> They're like so they scary. will rip people apart. I've seen you, you kill, pop up. You I've seen you Reddit. pop up on they my love me. You yeah. kill it it's on awesome. Reddit and Facebook and every, I mean some of your stories and I'm like, how the hell is this this engineer making wood putters getting forty thousand people <laughs> tuning in to watch him whittle away? It's it's unbelievable. I I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean the the Reddit community has been awesome. Like I mean I'm on there too much anyway, so I know the memes and the fun stuff. But yeah, I mean, I used to get a lot of pushback and like have to argue with people like saying, there's no way that's a good putter. Like that thing sucks. I'm like, have you ever rolled it? Like I used to spend more time on that. I honestly, in like three or four years, I haven't had more than a handful of people want to give me pushback or argue. Like the people who know, like I've got enough in, you know, five-star reviews. I've got enough people that anytime anybody's like on Reddit now, when someone says anything, I don't have to reply because there's people that have my putters who are like yeah i thought the same thing and i talked to him and i didn't think it was gonna be good but i got one anyways and it's the best putter i've ever had and um like i've got enough of those believers now that are like yeah they're actually legit you should get one if you're interested in i mean they're not for everyone like if they were i couldn't keep up anyways so that's not what i'm about like if someone's like if if there's any arguing to be had at all i'm just like cool i Bye. Like I, I don't yeah. need to. There's enough people that cannot wait to get a putter in their hands. They're saving up for it. They're stoked for it. They're they know what I'm about. That arguing with the it's always 13 year olds. Like something <laughs> about that age. Like they're arguing with me. They're trying to haggle, and then they're like, "Oh well, I can't afford that. I'm in high school." I'm like, "I yeah. know you are. Like that's why I'm not. I'm I'm being very polite, but I'm not giving you a whole lot of time of day because for some reason it's always the really young ones. But no, right. people that know what I'm doing are like, you should charge a lot more. Yeah. Okay, so you're big enough to where you're getting inundated constantly with, "I'm a college golfer, and I could really rep your brand. Really, how many a day are you getting?" Uh, that's, that's slowed down. It was, so for a while there, I was getting asked, like people wanted to work for me all the time. That was a couple of weeks that's died off, thankfully. Cause I just, that's not what I'm doing or posting about. Um, and then yeah, the people asking for free stuff that again, year or two ago was like every day. It was nuts. It's tapered off, thankfully. Um, yeah, I mean, I like my volume is so low. I'm like, why would I spend like a long time on making someone with 300 followers anything like (laughs) i'm sorry but uh people with i mean people pay me good money to make these things why am i going to make a free one for somebody like yeah it's not fair to the people that are paying good money like even like i i don't do sales i don't do like hardly anything like 
I'm always thinking about, okay, someone, you know, it takes me a month to make one of these things. And someone that bought one two weeks ago sees that I'm running a sale. Like I think about how are they going to feel about that? So it's not like, yeah, I don't want to make anyone ever feel bad about a transaction they had with me for any reason at all. Mm -hmm. Like I will go above and beyond. And so, um, if I'm ever completely zeroed out on putters, maybe you'll see a sale, but <laughs> that's not, uh, I would much rather just focus on making sick putters. People like, I, I mean, people on Reddit are now like, wait, you only charged 1100 bucks for that one. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I went a little hard on that one harder than I needed to like, yeah, that one should be way more now. Whereas before it's like, you're trying to charge how much for a putter? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. people see the value that I'm providing now and are like, no, that's actually worth a lot. I'm like, yeah. I, Trying to make them priceless. Yeah. What's yeah. what's your backlog at right now? How far how far back are you booked? I'm I'm not uh, far at all. So a couple reasons for that. Um, so Christmas is I want to make sure I can get them done by Christmas, and so I took orders and I stopped taking Christmas orders a while ago. Um, and so I'm I'm going to be finishing up this one. Uh, I need to do a koa inlay tonight. I'm going to be finishing that up before I go, so I can shaft it. I've got two shafted there. They need to go to gloss. Um, I've got another half dozen at gloss right now that are i'm going to be picking up hopefully he has them done so i can trip in tomorrow um so i've got three christmas ones that are almost done and then i've got one last crazy one that i'll pretty much be spending all week on uh to finish up and that's kind of like been my focus is i don't want to be focusing on taking a bunch of new orders when i've got to get these christmas ones done yeah. so i'm like and i also try to keep a, a short lead time because it takes so much brain brain power like i've got to yeah. be focused on what the project is and so when i'm talking to someone i build the putter in my head before i even get to the computer to like put it into the order system and if i then went two months before i was had time to go back to that it'll be gone be it gone. would be jumbled. yeah so yeah. i use software like there's a bunch of stuff to track it i try and do as much as i can right up front but like i can't have it take that long like it um so i mean everything takes a while but it's I try and like, as soon as the order comes in, I try and go pick the wood out. I try and do the artwork while it's fresh in my mind. I know what I want to do, get it done. And then because I'm moving quickly on that, I don't need to, like, I don't want to have six month lead times. Like that's, yeah, it doesn't work for how detailed I'm doing things, you know? Which, um, which so are I, typical, like, I mean- it, One it, to two months. One to two months. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. way longer, um, yeah. sometimes shorter. Like I've had people need one like that week and I crank something out for them. Um, you know, using some heads I've got left over from something, but, uh, no, it's, it's usually, um, I want to get it to gloss, which is about a week long process within like three weeks. Yeah. Um, just cause I've got to get the idea in my head into real life right. before it blasts away. Yeah. You, well, you I were mean, awesome. Work, Cause you, you did, you did, fresh. yeah, you did a putter for us for our legends never die event. That and, one is super cool. Oh, we really, you know, we the railroad ties, railroad tie. Mm -hmm. And, you yep. know, you, yeah. you were like, hey, that's not going to work, but let's try this. So, I mean, it was awesome that you, you know, had different ideas. And I mean, God, that putter came out so good. Yeah. Well, that creosote is just so nasty. Like, I mean, even drying it, um, the off gassing, like I, I've gotten my uh, back door I can open up, thankfully. But even that, I remember the smell still isn't out of my nose. It's oh. nasty stuff. Well, it just like at what is it, 16 at Old Mac, that yeah. when you would where you got to ring the bell, yep. that bunker reeks of, yep. of yep. the wood because it's yep. it's so soaked with train shit. 
<laughs> yep. Seriously. So yeah, that was a fun one. I mean, and then I like put it into the uh, kind of make it look like a bunker, right? So it's yeah. Got, yeah. Um, it was awesome. And it's it's yeah, subtle enough, but it it begs a question. Like I always, you know, I'm, every time I'm doing one of these putters, I'm designing with the person. Um, a lot of people, well, thankfully not too many, but some people are will be like, oh, just make me something sick. I'm like, Mm-mm. I <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> It doesn't work that way. Like it is a yeah. collaborative process. Yeah, you need um, to help me build a story. Yeah, like <laughs> I could literally make anything. I can. I made a putter that's got uh, rubber ducks eating sushi at a sushi bar wearing black tie. Like yeah. I can do literally <laughs> anything. Give me some seeds here to work with. Um. So yeah, it's what it's if, a process. Go go. What have what have you turned down where you said no? the Maryland flag one for a long time. No, no, no. You did that one though. I want to know when someone sends you in a request and you just go N O period yeah. send. Uh, How many few... ebony penis putters have you denied? Right. <laughs> no, I do those. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I think I had, uh, I think I may have had one or two people want like, honestly, as dumb as like curse words on ball markers. I don't curse. I'm, I'm a square hmm. when it comes to that. And so I won't, I won't put that on my stuff. Um, but that's like one or two ever. No, uh, for the, I mean, I, some people want ashes in their putters and I make sure like, I will be as honest with people as possible. Like talk through every possible uh, story that could come out of that. Um, or like people will want the, the date that their dad passed away on their putter. I'm like, that's a sad day right? Like, tell me something that you love remembering about your dad. What yeah. some of the things you guys did together? Like, what if by the time you got done talking about your dad through this putter, the fact that they, he died, didn't even come up. Let's talk about that. So I'll redirect people a lot of times, or like they'll yeah. come at me with just too That's many awesome. ideas that are, um, just going to be ugly. Like, uh, text on the top of the putter is common. Can I put my logo on top of the putter? No. Like it's not where you want to see it. Let's put it on the bottom. It's going to be prettier there. So I'll yeah. redirect people a lot and try to make it explain why they don't want to do that thing. Um, but no, I mean, pretty much any, like some of my funnest projects are the ones where like, I don't know if this is possible, but um, like the Saddam chair putter I did a long time ago, that one was like, could you make a putter out of a chair? And I'm like, that yeah, was I'd... crazy. That yeah. one was wild. That was one of the first times that I got real weird with something. Right. Yeah. Um, I've had, yeah, all sorts of different weird woods. Uh, you know, put bear claws in putters, bear fur in putters. I've put uh, a lot of did some a lot of fly fishing lures in putters. That was kind of a did a kick out of that for a long time. Um, a lot of crazy flags. You know, a lot of time the like the Vermont flag. So get this, like as complicated as my process is now, and how long it takes to do the uh, the crazy engravings. I used to do it fifteen times harder. Like I used the the resin that I used to pour the full putter. I did that um, for each engraving and had to sand down to it and then pour it again. Oh. It couldn't be too thin. And it, I mean, that's a full day process for one color. And then if yeah. you sand too far, you have to start completely over again. Um, and if you oh. go too thin with it, it gets cloudy. So nightmare. So we spent, I spent about a two week session trying to figure out almost a month trying to figure out how can I do that better with faster materials that are better quality and all that. Yeah. And finally worked with a company that said it's not going to work with our product. And we made it work with their product. Um, wow. Whoa. Yeah. That was a fun uh, chemistry experiment. But <laughs> now, yeah. It, and still no one 
can do it the way we do it. Like it, we, uh, we forced something that needed to be done. We forced it, made it happen. And, um, it was tricky, but yeah, I, I love those projects that just someone if, doesn't think it's possible. If I ever decide when I'm going to do this and you can let me know if anybody's done this or not, I want all the band and pencils. So all the band and pencil, that's a very good point question thing. Are there different band and pencils? I don't know. Is there? Oh, wait. They all say band and dunes. I bring that up because. That was my idea. Well, so funny point. Um, So Nick, who was on like watching and who I went over to to band with, he he saw eBay uh, thing where someone sold some band and pencils. And he's like, I wonder if I could. She grabbed some band and pencils, grabbed some like preserved ball markers and put it up for like $2.88. And it was kind of a joke between us for like the past couple months actually i think he's had it up since like march and uh this past week it sold someone bought it you know eight bucks total was shipping and we're like no way (laughs) actually work and the guy asked hey i uh i that's right they are they all just say abandoned tunes yeah Yeah. he was like i I wanted to could you get me some of the other ones that um the the pencils from the other courses and i'm like i don't think it's all abandoned dunes there aren't pencils there's ball markers and stuff yeah right so the right? ball markers are all different. That's a good I that's a good idea. I kind of like that. I have all the ball markers. Yeah. I have all the Seamus ball markers. So Yeah. But I like Yeah, those. I've done like coins and, and ball markers and stuff. A lot of challenge coins. Put a ton of challenge coins and putters. Um but yeah, I've done I did a uh, couple putters with like all the pencils from the different places that someone's played. Um put those all as kind of alignment lines on top. Um I took uh, wood from Bandon, made a couple putters for them out of Madrone oh, from nice. Bandon. Yeah. Those, yeah I, made a, uh, I made a divot yeah. tool off some some beech wood that we found when we were walking around. That's cool. Yeah, there's always cars driving down below, and I'm always like, I want to go down and do that. Like, <laughs> done it up in the, the northern so area. But... What is something that you want to do? Not a custom order, but something you want to make? Steampunk putter. Mm. Right? Like, I feel like with some gears and some cool stuff, like I could make yeah. a sick steampunk putter and it's one, like, I, I don't have time to do it just for the fun of it or like probably with spec, like it doesn't make sense for me to ever do like putters on spec because everybody wants something different or if they see one, they like, they're like, Oh, could that way more, way less have different, this be different shape. I'm like, not really. It's pretty much set in wood stone. This is what it is. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like having, you know, posting a bunch of ideas for people to look through and then come up with their own. I can make that for them. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to get people to do a steampunk putter for a while, but again, it's got to match their story. Like they're going to yeah. get asked about steampunk a lot. Like, do they love steampunk? Like you don't want to just get a steampunk putter because it looks cool unless you've right. got some ties to that, you know, like there's such personal pieces. Like you'll find some of mine on eBay from like a long time ago, but none of the ones that I've done in the past three years are anywhere online because they're stories. Got yeah. They're their, story. They're personal attachments. I'm doing one right now. Um, a guy's dog passed away. So I like, it's really short haired dog. So I put, um, it, I sprinkled some of that in the, the acrylic. So it's just barely there. It's not obvious, but like, you know, dog hair gets everywhere when you got a dog anyway. So it's kind of like that, like, Oh, there's some, Oh no, that's dog hair. Like it, it got in my putter. Um, <laughs> so that looks cool. But then on the bottom, I put a like I composited a bunch of videos and images together and got a picture of like the dog and then the guy with his golf bag walking at his course, like on the bottom of the putter. Hmm. 
he's gonna sell it on eBay. Like, yeah, yeah. And who's gonna buy it? Who's gonna buy that? Like, it's on the one hand, it's priceless to the guy I made it for, and it's worthless to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing. Like, um, you know, a lot of other car manufacturers. Yes and no. Like, it's I. I mean, it's what I want to do. It's the direction I've been heading forever. For you, it's a good thing. But like for, I mean, you look at swag, you look at, um, you know, other mm-hmm. putter companies and they build rarity with like, they manufacture their rarity, which yes. is like great for them. They do very well. They have people who buy their stuff who do very well reselling it. Um, there's, you know, Scotty has his certain stamps that he puts on things and that stamp costs an extra $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't in good conscience do that. Like good for them. And people think is people love that. They more than willing to spend their money on it. Good for them. Like there's nothing morally wrong from that standpoint. But for me, like I'm such a, like, I don't even want to make the same putter twice. I want to make each person something new and unique and different. Yeah. And so like to my detriment as a business, like there's money to be made on manufacturing rarity. But for me, like I have to make actual rarity, <laughs> like yeah. just as a fault of my own. Um, that's what I do. Yeah. So do you ever see yourself doing a stock line? No, uh, I experimented with that. Um, he put some putters in Bandon that you know made out of their stuff, kind of as yeah, a stock line. Them in there, yeah. yep, But there. wood putters are, if they're not yours and you don't know enough about it, why would you like? They can't be as good as a Scotty. So, and it right. doesn't have the same story attached to it. So, like a big portion of the value of my putters is the story and like yeah. the intrigue that I can build into it. Um, if you're just buying, if you're at a PGA Superstore and you see a wood putter, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, I'll spend 1500 bucks on that. Like, yeah. no, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Not a chance. But if you call me up, we spend half hour at least on the phone. Uh, we decide how we're going to incorporate your dad um, and your the relationship into it. You send me um, a coin that he gave you that is, you know, from the year you were born that he got because, you know, whatever. And I put that in on the bottom of the putter. And then we do an engraving of the cabin you guys always went to as kids uh, or, you know, when you were a kid and uh, the fishing lure is embedded in top that um, you you caught your first fish with. That's what, that's what makes it worth. And it's, you know, similar amount of work for me to make a stock putter or to make a super custom one. Uh, I mean, I sell through everything by hand. There's still a lot of thought I have to put into it. Um, I'd read, and then you get to follow along every step of the way on Trello as I'm making it. You're seeing picture updates. You're involved. You know what's going on. You have full control yeah, over that, it. That Trello software is ridiculous. Oh, and I've got QR code. So like, I mean, I, I can just tap into it real quick, take a picture, uh, upload it. The person sees it within two minutes. They're messaging me back about it. Um, I can be super efficient. I've got, uh, you know, I hand built my website myself. I've got uh, Zapier handling all the software, moving stuff around. I've got um, Airtable controlling my database. I've got like everything just tracked to the max. And I kind of, I spent a long time building that, but once I built that and I'm like, well, I just kind of automated myself out of a job. So then I'm back to just hey, doing hey. stuff with my hands because I've automated everything else. So have you reached out to Mountain Dew for sponsorships? I know, right? <laughs> I've got a lot of Mountain Dew in there. Like, I'm like exhausted uh... right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Like, uh, th- is that what keeps you going? Is it the straight dew? to the veins? Straight to the Through veins. The <laughs> uh, between Mountain Dew, watermelon, Red Bull, and uh, yeah, that's a that'll that'll get me a long ways. Um, and then settle down every night with a little bit of eggnog and White Christmas, and <laughs> there you go. Man, what a day! Yeah, that's there awesome. you go. 
right? Well, <laughs> Jeremy, you've been really quiet. He's I, just been Jeremy, staring into my eyes the whole time. You have been having Scotty, questions. He's a Scotty Cameron aficionado. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, yeah. He does yeah, great I, I am. But I have to tell you, I've I looked I haven't gone through a lot of the old posts on Instagram, but there's one that caught my eye and it's the zebra putter. Oh yeah? Um, yeah. That just because my dad used to play with the zebra putter, yep. I played with the zebra putter when I was little. It's so simple, but it's just like it's amazing. Like you can have a, such a simple putter, or you can have one of the most amazing designs that took a month to make, and it's just incredible. Well, you talk about your dad. That's the reason I made that putter. For yeah, I, I read that. Yeah, Lane. yeah, it was. Yeah, because her dad used it. He passed away mm-hmm. early '90s. And the fun thing is, like, because each one is so unique, I know the person I made it for. I know the story behind it. Um, I can. I mean, going back, uh, some of the stock ones I did, those are ones that are like lost, and I, I don't even really like that I made those ones, even though it was worth trying out and stuff. But like, every one I've done where I was on the phone with somebody. I can remember who did it for and why we did it and why it makes it so special and the response that they gave to me when they got it and like how much it touched them that it made mm-hmm. them a zebra putter. Right. Yeah. But the nostalgia there again, like as great as Scotty's are as much as they hold their retail value and collector's value and um, they're cool and interesting. There's just very few people are going to ask. So a couple things. Like if you take a um, a circle T onto the course, you're playing golf with a, somebody who doesn't know a ton about Scotty. They're not going to ask you about your putter. Yeah. Someone who like knows like, oh, you got a circle T. That's sick. Like that's great. Yeah. But there's not going to be stories about your childhood. There's not going to be stories about your business. Nothing's going to happen from that. You take any one of my putters and you take it on the course, you will get asked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Agree. hundred percent. Everything else is just a putter. Right. Except yeah. from Bradley, the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any, so any, any, oh, um, any interesting like celebrities or PGA players Ooh. or anything like that? that uh, I did a putter for, I haven't done many celebrity ones in a while. I've done like baseball players and stuff and all like crazy ones, just like some pictures. And so the, um, the Kardashians aren't knocking down your door. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Um, no, I did uh, Russell Wilson pour one out. Um, okay. Moved to the Broncos, hey. but he, so he played with the Yankees mm. for uh, like spring training games. Yep. And he sent me the baseball bats from that. I took those baseball bats, turned them into putters for one of his charity Sick. events up in yeah. Seattle. So oh, got to awesome. go up there, uh, hang out with some celebs. So we were supposed to play with Kevin Sorbo, like the Hercules guy. Hercules. Right. <laughs> and we were supposed to play with John Smoltz, like Whoa. in the program. I'm like, no freaking way. This is going to be so wow. cool. I was stoked. He's a stick. Right? Yeah, he is. So, he good. Is. so we get up there and we're looking around the putting green like you know everyone's kind of going off random times we're looking and we're playing like really um prospector course up in claydale and whatever like really nice place near seattle and looking around don't see kevin sorbo we're like that's weird and like don't see you saw john smoltz see like some random small dude over in the corner but like don't see him time comes up we go up there and we're like uh where's everybody and the starter's like oh yeah kevin he just wanted to go play by himself so he just took off and <laughs> uh but no we uh, you got you threw some here and we look over and there's this, you know, random, like five, four, 120 pound dude sopping wet. And we're like, uh, who's that? Oh, that's John Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Come again. <laughs> Freaking A. 
So yeah, he was super nice, dude. We had so much fun. It was great. But yeah, he was not John Schmoltz. It was. Uh... You have not won the Cy Young, sir. That's funny. no, no, very different. Yeah, but yeah, that was, it was a cool place. Good people. I mean, uh, Russell. He then used my putters at uh, like made a bunch of head covers and cool stuff. He used them at Augusta. Um, he like took pictures with them and like used them down in Mexico. Like, you know, he games my putter. It's super cool. But. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and then a few other, like, made a putter for a cricket player, uh, Jason Roy out of England, out of his Willow cricket bat. That was cool ones. Um, Lost me at cricket. I know, right? <laughs> you you, you got to hit the wicket with your wicket, and then you get a wicket by doing the – everything's a wicket. I don't know. That's all I know about that game. <laughs> no idea. That's more than I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to learn. It still doesn't oh, make sense to me. I just – I'm upset I have to watch soccer every four years. <laughs> right? Hey, there's some good games. Those quarterfinal yeah, oh, games, that, those are great. That Morocco game was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm a fan. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the coolest people I've done. Uh, met a few – like, met um, – yeah, I just met some cool people in like Bermuda and random. Like, what's fun is being a C level golf celebrity. So, like, pretty much wherever I go that has a like, you know, a focus group of golf people, someone will recognize me. So, like, at Bandon this past weekend, um, I was there and uh, a couple guys from that's a course up in Portland. Um, blanking on it, wing. It's like northwest Wildwood. of Portland, Wildwood. Wildwood. Yeah. So, uh, met some of the guys from there. And from um, great logo, yeah, the Sasquatch. Yeah, um, but like, I'm just there, like getting ready because uh, it's at the Sheep Ranch and the court, the range is packed. Everyone's kind of waiting, and, and so I'm just standing there. And one guy looks around, and is like, "What putter you got today?" I'm like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, but we met some really cool people. Um, and yeah, oh, you said a, you said a magic word. You said Sasquatch. So yeah. I told I told Joe the first one of my first times in Oregon, I drove from Crater Lake to Bandon, and that stretch of road, mind you, one of the most fun driving experiences I've ever had in my life. Oregon loves to bank their turns, and mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And I had an absolute blast. But as I was driving through that forest, I went, "Oh yeah." Sasquatch is real because there's no way in hell anybody would ever find him in that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So is Sasquatch real? Uh, what's crazy to me is the number of very well. Have you guys watched Survivor Man? No, it's like so. it's like Bear Grylls, but he's like actually goes out by himself and records himself. And he yeah, lives sure. here in town. I've met him a couple times. Um, he kind of believes in Sasquatch. Like I know some oh, really man. big hunter guys that uh, are out in the woods all the time. They believe in Sasquatch. Um, it's Damn. very big down here. I mean, I, I, the scientist engineer in me says there's no way, like it would have been caught on a, a, a camera. Now they're like, oh, well, they're invisible. They're up in the trees, yada, yada. I'm like, no, as much as it'd be cool, like, no. <laughs> but speaking of great drives, have you done the start of the one in California? No. You've got mm. to. Oh my goodness. So there's a road that goes from Grants Pass, kind of too abandoned ish, but um, it's a road you can't take right now. It's snowed in called Bear Camp Road. And it's very curvy, one lane, terrifying, but like really fun. Um, the start of the one is twice as crazy as that, but better paved in two lane. And we uh. ripped. I mean, we got a, uh, we have a Tesla. My wife, she drives to work a ton. And so it just saves us a ton of money. It's great. Yeah. We drove that down to Santa Barbara and like stopped on the way. 
And that stretch of road, we were going, like we were passing minivans, like they were stopped, but you're going up like a 30 degree vertical. Uh, there's bank turns everywhere. You can't see more than a hundred yards at a time because you're just banking all the time. Wow. If you like crazy roads, yeah, I would not bring kids on that one without multiple mark bags. <laughs> so we yeah. did we did just confirm August 2024 abandoned trip. Jeremy is going to drive up. So Jeremy, take note. Uh, yeah, Don't. I, I'm a <laughs> driver. I am a, okay. I'm a, I'm a car enthusiast, a driver. I, that He's taking definitely. the family up, so. Okay. Uh, if you're taking the family, yeah. The kids I are mean, the kids are enthusiasts too. It's such <laughs> a fun trip though. It's it's between like Trinidad and um and Santa Barbara area. Like that okay. whole drive. If you haven't done the one and one on one, it's a bucket list thing. You've yeah, got to do it. The views, sure. like oh, your yeah, jaw gets tired from saying wow. Every time you go around <laughs> oh, wow. a corner, it just opens up. You've got insane views of the ocean. You've got crazy hills. Like, honestly, it feels like there should be golf courses just lining that. Like, mm -hmm. it feels very much like Bandit. It's like, there's, there's just strawberry fields. Like, wow. that, that stretch from Crater Lake to, to the 15, I was like, I got done and I was like, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. it is just, just, boom, boom. Well, that's the, the northern route, like, between, uh, like, Diamond Lake and Roseburg, right? Is that mm -hmm. what you took? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It gets, we got some great roads out here. It's uh, uh, I, I was I just couldn't fun. believe it. I'm like, did did does nobody else know about banking curves? Why is am I just finding this in Oregon only? This is amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, we have so many hills here. Like everything, like there's nothing flat west of the Cascades. Right? No. And you're always going through river valleys, like because like you got so many mountains, you have to follow the rivers to get through the mountains, and they're yeah. always curvy. And so yeah, you're. You're not finding straight stretches around here. All right, Brett, tell tell everybody uh, the website, how they can follow you, how they can find you, processes, and all that good stuff to get them the putter of their dream. Yeah, bradleyputters.com. There's a lot of instructions on there, just kind of like how the process works. Uh, there's a, a scheduler on there. You can hop on my schedule. Super easy. Um, Bradley Putters on Instagram, Bradley Putters on Facebook, Bradley Putters on TikTok, if I ever post there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just it's it starts with a conversation. Like, there's so many ways I can make your putter. I've got to know who you are or who you're making the putter for, what makes them tick, what do they want to talk about, and then and what's their style, what's their personality. And then we design something to match that. You know, it's, it's not, uh, here's a putter, and let's try to fit them into it. I'll, I'll make something I've literally never made before if that's what uh, the project calls for. Hey, and much kudos to you because you are not one of those ignorant business owners that is like, I'm too big for this. I don't think you ne never not responded to somebody that's messaged you. Uh, there's a couple 13 year olds, man. That I can tell they're 13. I'm like, no, or they ask a bunch of questions, and I'll literally just leave it with like, "Hey, have a nice day." And they're like, "No, but I, I want to get a free putter." I'm like, and I just go through that. But no, for, no, I, I, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, respect people. Like, I don't need to get something out of somebody to have it be worth my time to interact with them like they're wanting to like people ask me all the time like how to make stuff on their putters or like they're trying to make their own i'm like i'll help you man but i can't hold your hand up. even if i could yeah. feel like if i could facetime you you still couldn't do it with like mm -hmm. without having all the right equipment and then no one ever so yeah no I, I just i like people like uh I, I just me now in the shop so i get lonely so if you message me <laughs> it's a little blast of dopamine all right joe wrap it up bring it home all right man uh, another episode of the chasing daylight podcast thanks for jumping on bradley putter uh it's it's incredible what you're doing uh creating stories for people and memorable moments capturing that for uh all of us golfers out there and i hope to 
do one one of these days when I uh, come up with a good story and a, and a good idea. But um, maybe your third kid. Yeah, maybe no, no third, no third. <laughs> Second's right. coming. Then we're done. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, we get to catch you up at Bannon again one of these days and uh, keep doing your thing, man. Appreciate Thank what you. you do. Thank you so much. Great shit, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank, Thank you, friend. You.